0: Hello and welcome to episode twenty-six of the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast, to our review of round twenty-three and preview of round twenty-four. This episode is brought to you by the great Reddit community of r/slash MLS and Lamprilo and friends, a newly established retirement community in the Bronx. I'm your host, Reed Conley, aka Dash from Reddit and the MLS Fantasy Boss website and uh tonight i'm joined by the usual lineup of great co-hosts we have simon guy and jay what's up guys hey. what's going on man it was good thank you guys for being able to uh to record a little bit later than than normal uh, what actually happened i was supposed to, supposed to coach a local middle school team here and the game got canceled and i just knew it was a little bit too late to try to reschedule this for earlier but i don't know what happened to to kids or maybe parents these days but the game was canceled because it might rain what was it, was it wasn't raining or anything it might rain
1: why would they cancel a game for uh, rain we played through rain all the time I, when we were kids now oh, we, you're
0: in seattle i
1: mean that's true i don't
0: know it's it's just lame about as lame as my score from from this round which you know i can't say that it's it's rare that i uh, i break 100 and feel like i just missed out on a week but uh there's there's some big letdowns for me, but let's just round that up at the at the end of our discussion and let you guys make fun of me. But uh, how did your teams do?
1: I did pretty well. What? I ended up with 127. Uh, took a minus eight though, so I don't know. Maybe it went up to went down to like about average. I don't know. Anyway, I went up to I'm like nearly at number 400 now, which I'm I'm pretty happy about given that I was like 2,000 six weeks ago or whatever. So.
2: Yeah, I'm good. Uh I, I got 113 points. Uh moved up from like the mid 2s and finally cracked top 200 at 194 and man, Reed, you know, I got to say I'm really happy because I captained Gio. Did Who did you captain this week?
0: Uh I captained uh, Piaty this week. I uh I thought that was going to turn out a little bit better for Montreal after after all those excellent games that that he had, and it turned out to be nothing of the sort. So I got 108 points, and I am still in the top 200, so there's nothing wrong with that, but all red arrows, and that's just so depressing to get 108 points and go nowhere but down. Um, my midfield did did okay. I mean, Piotti with a captain that got me 12, but I had Kleshtian, Geo, and Failhopper, so it's not like I didn't have... Fail Haber uh, defense was actually okay. Miasa got me eleven. Cabrera Cabrera got me six. Toya got me four. So that's that was that was okay. My forwards just bottomed out. Keen got me twelve, but Via and Laren did not pay off for me.
2: This yeah. week, so should have kept Kamara, huh? Shoulda woulda coulda. <laughs> yep. Right guys, should have kept Kamara.
3: Hey, he showed up in Colorado. Can I say? Props First. to him, man. Yeah. No, I ended up with uh, 114, Captain Geo. My front three were crap. My back three were crap. But Geo saved it all, so there you go.
2: <laughs> it's crazy to think that one player with the captaincy the armband accounts for half of my points. I had 113, and he gave me 56. So 57 points from all the other players and 56 from one. That's crazy. I had yeah. my points the hard way. <laughs>
3: You really did. If you would have captained uh, Javinko, you would have been really pushing for one of the high scores there. I'd have been in the 130s, yeah,
0: had I captained him. So, I mean, that was obviously my biggest letdown. Um, the, The biggest surprise for me, I don't know about you guys, is that red card that Hoberry got on his first game back. So I was so excited to be like, there's my bargain defender that I've been waiting for all third of the season. Red card.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, my, uh, I actually had three letdowns. Um, Piotti, obviously, laying goose eggs and not yeah. doing too good. Uh, Kaka not even showing up along with Laram. But um, I, my, my biggest letdown was actually during the RSL game, how bad they played. And, I mean, granted, they did put a B team on the field and they deservedly got their ass kicked, but how – um, in general, just MLS officiating, I think, is just reaching an all-time low um, with the inconsistency and just the cards that have been given out for soft, soft fouls. It's just, it's just getting obnoxious.
3: Yeah, I don't think they realize we we have HDTVs now. You know, it's <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't know how they, they stand behind some of the calls they make. But I think my biggest letdown of the week was was Portland, even though Portland won. 10. I don't know how long we have to do the forward shuffle and keep our 5 million dollar player on the bench every game because you know why the hell not, right? Yeah, exactly, why not.
2: Yeah. yeah. You, got, you got Fernando Audi. You're good, man. Well, so since yeah.
0: we're already talking about some of these housekeeping things, let's just go right into there uh, check out the disciplinary committee report because like I said Hoberry's on there which is is just no good for anybody. But you mentioned how we all already have HDTVs. Uh, well, I guess I really don't, but that's the point, is there are HDTVs, yet there's no replay. But that was hinted at coming up. So is is this just the final straw that's break, broken the camel's back to getting replay, just crazy Concacaf, and, and then it's just a disappointing MLS season where a lot of these referees I usually consider
2: pretty good? Geiger's the only good ref, in my opinion. I know he had a pretty bad um was it gold cup i believe it was not gold cup uh yeah it was gold cup right yeah 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 he had a he had a pretty bad gold cup but i mean i consider geiger one of the best refs in mls i mean chapman is absolutely horrible um god i could go down the list but i think that uh pro referees in mls need to invest in a lot a lot better classes to teach these referees and then Potentially, I mean, re- replay is – it's in everything. It's in baseball, it's in tennis, it's in football. Why is it not in soccer? That doesn't make any sense why it's not. Put an earpiece in, have someone in a booth, just how like NFL replay does, be able to communicate back and forth with them. There you go. That simple. You know,
3: and that's simple. know, And that's what it is. It's, it's pride, right? Because I think hockey is the only one that has it right where there's a central command center up in Toronto where when the refs have to go to replay – They call Toronto, and Toronto tells them what the correct call is, and the head head official doesn't get any say in it after that. And every other sport, and soccer included, will be in that. They don't Mm want to step on the toes of the lead referee. So even in baseball or in NFL, they got to go to some ridiculous black box and watch the replay themselves, and it takes time. Yeah, there needs to be a central command center that just can go in the players, the the referee's earpiece in real time and tell them, no, that's not the right call. This is the right call. Call it good.
2: NFL just did that, actually. I believe it was piloted last season. And I'm assuming they took it from hockey because I didn't know hockey, did. I thought NFL actually... I did know either, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that, hockey's, that's hockey's great. on their game, man. Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, I like that idea. I mean, of course, I think the big issue with replay is no one wants to see the game slowed down. That's, I guess that's always been the Well, the then stop putting
3: NYCFC games on ESPN.
0: Ooh. But, I mean, I would definitely... Would love to see replay in there. I think the goal line technology is a step to help with that already. But really only for those make or break moments. Uh, maybe you review a controversial red card. I guess that could be OK, but not every call. Uh, I, I don't know. There has to be some way of finding out that that balance. Like the last five
2: minutes in the game, red cards. You know what I mean, there has to be stipulations to it. You can't be doing it every single play. I agree with that.
3: Yeah, if you're going to send a player off and put a team down, um a man and you're not absolutely sure then there needs to be a, a something in place that that prevents that
0: and yeah, not these little flag things. So, I mean maybe it's just a, a discretionary thing that can be left up to the referee at first just to see if enough people get up there he can be like well you know let's let's take a look real quick we will we'll see cuz at some point you do have to trust the referees.
2: Yeah, but what man wants to admit that he made a mistake especially when it comes to a you know uh, you know a sports game when you're it's nationally televised i mean every man has his pride you know nice, no man's going to want to do that but well, i mean in a zone, but i mean they do have those flags
0: in in nfl where they have overturned their own calls so you can't thanks have to replay. All the sport. thanks it's to replay all about the sport yes thanks to replay maybe we should get a fantasy stat for uh, causing replays, sort of like causing PKs, uh, how, yeah. many, how, many, how, many, how many How many? replays do you cause in a game? I,
2: I, could, I could go with that. Or, or, or even like a, cha, like a challenge flag, you know, something along those lines. You, you have three challenges a game or two challenges a game, and if you use it and it's correct, you get your challenge back. If you don't get it, then you lose it, and I don't know, maybe you lose one for the next game or so, something like that. That's football, but same thing. It is.
0: Uh, well the only other bit of housekeeping that i want to go over is games do start early this week this is not a double game week but games start on thursday the 13th at seven o'clock eastern time so make sure you get all your trades in and uh, don't miss it because i've done that once and it sucks (laughs) so we did not have a lot of questions this week on the forum which is fine it's a kind of a basic straightforward week so we're going to answer some of those. We have a couple of topics we'll touch on after our player picks for our little extended discussion. So if you do enjoy those, then please stay tuned and listen. And also, we have a couple of announcements at the end of the show that some of the longtime listeners might find fun because they have to do with, uh, with some of the kickoff of the EPL season. So a little bit of something to look forward to. So that being said, our first question comes from Chris MG 9992 and it asks, how are we preparing for these upcoming double game weeks, especially with teams having bye weeks right before their double game weeks? Uh, talking about the crew and the Red Bulls right here. Also, is Laren worth keeping until the limited transfer?
3: Um, yeah, I would. Laren's price, yeah, he's he's still in that same category where they had a couple bad games, but you can't hold that against them completely. I mean, there was just a little bit of lack of rhythm to Orlando in those games. But as far as the teams that have a bye week before their main week, I think, uh, you know, it's tough. I think I'm just I'm going to go all out and, hey, if, I, if you have to take a negative eight or negative 12 to bring in high quality players, then that's what you got to do when that week arrives. So I'm not going to prepare any differently for these double game weeks. I'm just going to keep being aggressive and taking appropriate point hits when need be.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm. I didn't pick up any New York players this week, but uh, I'm definitely going to be getting Kamara, um, Finlay, um, and then you know, BWP looks really good as well. But I agree with um, with Guy. If you need to take, you know, like I said, I think, and I've said this all season, I think negative 12 is the extent of what you take. But if you need to take it up to there to get your get your team locked in for a double game week, then go for it. Um, I'm I'm keeping Laren this week just so I don't have to take a negative. Um, but I will be dropping him the following week.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't really like these double game weeks that much. I guess we'll kind of get into this with the next question, but just in terms of taking hits, I don't really see too many happening just because there's kind of a couple of, I mean, for lack of a better word, bad teams that have double game weeks and even some of, some of the better ones don't have great fixtures. Um, I kind of have the players I'm going to have. So that's that. Laren will be on my team still just because he's so cheap. and It's kind of hard to, to, uh, you know, justify replacing him, I think, at this point. Because who else are you going to get for that kind of money that's got his kind of production? Don't know. Yeah, for
0: me personally, uh, I have to clear house with some Montreal players this round, so I'll most likely be doing that to to get a couple more of the Double Game Week players in. I do kind of like some of these matchups, so I, th- I think maybe having a couple players from two or three of the teams might be worth it. Uh, unfortunately, I can't get any crew players yet, but I think everyone has the, the standard duo that they're going to go the crew but i might grab another san jose player and possibly another sporting kansas city player this round i like the matchups that they have in round 24 Uh, sporting's done well at home and san jose while they've plummeted in in the rankings as far as overall and and as their general form has been they have had some bright moments and colorado's not doing that hot either and i think this could be a, a good game for the quakes at home so that ties in. I like Laren, another forward, maybe worth investing. Kind of a cheap differential pick, possibly Quincy Ameriquois in round nope. 27. Otherwise, I think some of the big guns are going to come through again.
2: Dare to Quincy.
0: Dare to Quincy. Uh, so our final question in our regular question section comes from Mike That Tiger and asks Which set of double game weeks intrigues you the most in 25 or in 26? So if you guys like, you're welcome to pick one from each, or or however you'd like to do this.
2: Yeah, I uh, obviously I really like Columbus playing two at home against uh, NYCFC and SKC. Um, obviously, as we alluded to earlier, you're the duo of Kamara and Finlay. Um, I may just be getting Kamara on that one. Um, I do like Ameriqua as differential and possibly even MPG um, from San Jose, but with two away games, that's pretty tough. Um, Kansas City. I really do like um, I like Ellis and Benny, but I want to wait for lineups um, uh, for CCL because if they beat RSL this week, then they obviously go on. It'll be the week before this, but um, that's for game week 25. Game week 26, Colorado are the only ones that, in my opinion, have a really great schedule because they're home, but I don't even know who to pick. And Red Bulls at Chicago at D.C., BWP looks good to me on that one.
1: Yeah, I like 25 more than 26 uh, because of Columbia, Columbus. I can't talk right now. And uh, Kansas City's game weeks. New York City has such difficult fixtures at Columbus, at LA. I mean, I think you can take VIA maybe kind of difficult. But, um, that yeah, that's just really rough. And then San Jose is a terrible team, and they're at Kansas City and at D.C., I don't know how you could justify having any of their players. Um, In 26, the one that, you know, like Jay just said, is Colorado's got decent fixtures, but that team is so garbagey that I don't really know, again, how you justify it. Um, New York has nice fixtures. Chicago's not great. The Red Bulls, that is. Uh, Chicago's not great, and then they're home to D.C., which is always charged up. Then Houston is at Colorado and home to Vancouver, so... Maybe if you can find a Houston player that you kind of like Giles Barnes or something like that, I think you could pick up some New York or Houston players, but I don't think that any of those matchups are as exciting as Columbus and Kansas cities, which you can see some real potential for big points there.
3: Yeah, uh, man, I guess it's, it's all going to come down to if the big three from NYCFC play together again this week. Um, if they play that much garbage, then it's going to be hard, really, to justify having Via for two road games. Um, you know, he kind of suffers from the same thing that Geo suffers from. When Via is the man on the front line, he scores points. But then you try to add in these other "quote unquote" big names like Apirlo or Altador, and the game completely switches up, and they're not nearly as effective in that game. So, ah. Uh, yeah, I think 25 has a bigger chance for points. I think 26, though, there'll be some sneaky, sneaky clean sheets in there with, with that congestion schedule, so there may be some definite opportunities in getting some budget defenders back there. I have to
0: say I agree with Simon that 25's my uh, my preferred round of these double games, and I agree with Guy about the uh, – I was on the fence of dropping him or Kamara this week when uh, when I was making some of my – my trades and I went with Kamara, and that didn't work out for me. But I like the DC matchup. I like the Columbus matchup. New York has just not done well at scoring on the road. So, uh, yeah, if if that congestion keeps going on, I definitely would be on board as seeing uh, dropping via as a reasonable move, especially with that buy coming up. Uh, love the crew matchups. They're they're great at home. I, I think Finlay and Kamara are two people that would uh, potentially earn you some big points, so not, not must-haves, but but guys that have consistently been providing good service at home. And I know some people are talking about potential hamstring injury with Kamar right now, so keep an eye on that. They've got this round off, so perhaps that's something that's not too serious. I uh, I really like the Sporting Kansas City match. I, I think that even though they're playing Columbus away and San Jose, which are two teams that have double games, I, I think – those can be at least the first one's pretty winnable, and the second one could have some some good bonus point potential if they're if they just kind of bunker up. I, I like that, and I think San Jose maybe gives you a sneaky differential if you want to throw in a Quincy or or a Wando, just just someone that you might be able to grab a point or two off of. I, I just I just like the way those balance. Uh, so, but my favorite one is definitely the Columbus Crew game, followed by the Sporting Kansas City game in in 26. Uh, I just don't know. There's I, I want the Colorado Rapids game to be my favorite. They just had been such an identity crisis with Colorado. I never really quite know what to expect from them. Uh, so I think I have to go with the Red Bulls game as my favorite, Chicago, then D.C. Uh, the D.C. is a big rivalry game, so a big derby right there. But it's back-to-back buys, so you got to be careful with that game, with, with how many players you you load up on. But I think that's going to give them enough time to really go all out to, to get it with with that buys that they have. Going on, so that's that's my favorite one right there. And New York's been doing some some nice things recently. Uh, we're going to go right into our player picks, and there are a couple questions here as well we're going to cover. So, they're goalkeepers and defenders. We have a question from my own bobblehead, and he wants to know. And I think you touched some of this last week or two ago, Jason. I'm looking forward to your answer. What are our thoughts of replacing Toya with Angelino?
1: Yeah. He's
0: from New York City FC. So
1: this one is interesting because Angelino is a a pretty decent player. That said, I would seriously advise against this. Um, If you need to replace Toya, there are better options. This week, New York City plays against DC United at home, and we've all seen what happens when New York City is at home. Actually, when they're away too, they just let in so many goals. That field in New York is teeny, and I don't really have a very good feeling about uh, their ability to to keep a clean sheet. I guess maybe you say, "Oh, well, it's not clean sheet hunting. We're hoping that Angelino gets, you know, an assist or some bonus points or whatever." But it's not like he's a bonus point generator. I guess he could get an assist, but then you're stuck with him next week for those two away games, away at Columbus and away at L.A., that seems like a recipe to get torched, for lack of a better term. Yeah. I,
3: you know, I don't know. I mean, he did get um, one attacking on one defending bonus this week. He's one of the few bright spots on that team for me because he really gets up the field and gets a lot of crosses in. So I guess – if you're going to play him know that you're not playing for clean sheets. You're just hoping for an assist or for even maybe Oh, but I think, I think replacing toy is now safe. Um, we saw that he was benched in their second game, I guess for rest or because MLS, you know, they don't need a reason to bench somebody in the MLS. They just do it because MLS. Yeah. Because MLS, you know, what are you going to do? Um, so yeah, I think that's there, there. are worse moves that you could do, but yeah, two away games for Angelino may be tough, or they might not take Pirlo and Lampard with them at all, and it'll be good for you. So you never know.
2: All right, so I've been big on Angelino for about three weeks now, and if you look at his history since he started, he played forty-five minutes a game week. Um, Nineteen got one point. Game week 20 played 69 minutes got 2. Game week 21 played 90 got 4 minute or got 4 points. Game week 22 played 90 got 7 and last week he got 3 points playing 90. He should have had another 3 points with an assist. Mix, it was a perfectly weighted cross. Mix just blasted it right at the keeper off of his foot. It should have been a goal, should have been another 3 points. Angelina was arguably the most attacking Fullback in the entire league. He's like 19 or 18 years old. He's got pace. He's got smarts. He attacks. He shoots. For Toya, it's a perfect fit. Um, I see what you gentlemen are saying about you know the home game against DC and then the two away games. But let's remember Columbus isn't they attack good at home, but they don't defend at all at home or on the road. L.A. with Donovan Ricketts. Donovan Ricketts is what, like, sixty-three years old. The dude is not as agile and nimble as he once was. He's got a decent defense in front of him, and even <laughs> though, they, even though they are home, L.A. L.A. let a goal into Seattle, and I'm sorry, but Seattle has been garbage the past month and a half. Dog, I know they
3: don't have Oba. Oh, I'm just saying. Don't apologize for that. What I'm I, <laughs> just saying Seattle has no, been garbage for the last month and a half. There is no apology needed when sure. you make
2: that statement. As as RSL has, but I'm saying Angelino. Is for five for five million dollars, I guarantee you he will probably end the year in the in the last ten games as one of the highest and most consistent scoring players. You're not gonna get clean sheets, you're gonna get BPs, crosses, <laughs> assists, possibly the random goal.
0: And get why it. is this gonna happen? Because MLS. Because, because MLS. MLS hashtag because MLS. That's why it's gonna happen. I don't
1: know. Get him in your line. He's him a in. budget defender, I guess. I don't know, Jay he's sort of convinced me there. He's a budget defender, like none of them are Oof. consistent at that price really, except Miazga, so sure. Yeah. What the hell? By the way, Chad Just Chad Barrett, what a beast, man. I love Chad.
2: Yeah, except for his hamstring.
3: Yeah, he was a beast for the first forty five <laughs> seconds. First 45 seconds. Oh. I think, yeah, I think like the second minute in the game, I I, I there was no beast mode going on there. No, though. not not yeah, at all. The feels... pickle
1: juice wore off. Just, uh...
0: Just to add some numbers so everyone understands, uh, just because it fascinates me here. New York City is the worst team at home. And I know that someone has to be the worst team, but they have allowed almost two goals every game at home. Yeah. They are the worst That's team so bad. at letting goals in at home. Yet, they're in the top five, for top four, sorry, for best teams at keeping goals out on the road. Hmm. It's that field. It's that field. It is so awful. But yeah, uh, best teams who have have conceded some of the fewest goals on the road. Vancouver and Colorado are right up there, very close to each other, followed by DC. And then Houston and New York City are uh, both at the same spot as well. So better on the road at keeping clean sheets. Or maybe, let let me back up, not necessarily clean sheets, just not conceding goals so they concede fewer on the road uh yeah you know I think that could be worth worth a shot uh what other defender picks do you guys have for for this round and and goalkeeper
1: yeah I'm going with my boy Malia in goal I don't like Malia I don't know why I think his name is stupid you have a stupid name Malia uh mostly because he's got a double game week next week I realize I've heckled him more than any other player at Sounders games this year, and I feel kind of bad. Oh, well. Um, But yeah, I'm taking him and any of the Kansas City defenders because there's not any particular ones I love love to pick up this week because my favorite defender... Oh, wait, no. What am I talking about? Yeah, no. There's none of them that I love that much, so I'm just going to say Sporting Kansas City, the entire team, because they've got a great schedule <laughs> the next week.
3: Yeah, I still I have Miazga and, and Villafania still. Um, I'm taking both my Montreal guys off. I still have Malia and Goal. Um, His name never bothered me, so I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I have disqualified people for their name before, though, so that's nothing new. But Malia's that's that's kind of cold-blooded, man. He's got a girl's name. <laughs> that's <familiar>. not, <laughs> not everybody can have such a masculine name like guy. So <laughs> I I give people some credit, you know, like all right, Malia, whatever. But uh, pro- you know, I'll probably pick up Angelino now. Now that we've had that discussion.
2: You're welcome, guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I like Malia, um, fun stat, actually RSL, he used to play for RSL and really, really nice guy. Actually, I played, he was a uh, third string and got second string to Ramondo. and then we got rid of him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought about getting Malia and Ellis, but, you know, I think Kansas city has a great shot at a couple, you know, uh, at least a clean shoot against San Jose at home, but then away at Columbus, you know, that's always tough. Um, but you know, I, I haven't been big on Hamid this year. And I know when we did the all-star draft, I know Simon, you were really big on Hamid. He didn't play that many games this season, but I got to give props to that guy. I mean, what 25 shots against DC and he didn't let one goal in. And I mean, he looked like Superman. He, the dude looked great. And I mean, you know, if you're looking for a single game week player, which, Hey, if you are awesome, but I mean, they're away at NYC home against San Jose and away at New York. Um, it's on the east coast it's not too bad except for San Jose at home so they got three east coast games you know i mean dc looks pretty good defensively so that could also be a good good a good shout even boswell as well
0: yeah i can't say i i too am am interested in angelino now after after all of this otherwise it's pretty much a uh, standard lineup for me with miazga i kind of like acosta as well back there even though DC or Dallas has kind of got a bit rough, bit of a run going on, but uh, I mean, he, he has some attacking. So I could easily see myself running like a Miazga, Acosta, and Angelino, right, something like that in the back. And I, I too, am with Malia. Uh, he's been he's been doing well. Sporting Kansas City's been doing well, so nothing to complain there. Most of the other players are a bit more expensive than I really want to put on a keeper maybe maybe try kennedy as some sort of slightly cheaper alternative uh really glad to see him doing well in dallas because i always he was the one bright spot at chivas and so i'm glad that that he's found some place where he's been able to actually show his skill with a team that's decent on and off throughout the season
2: yeah I guess that's yeah. fair to say. So, so, so was Tommy McNamara. I mean, remember that when he when he was at two bus where he got injured. But uh, let me ask you guys a question though. So you got your double game week keeper for twenty five. Let's say you go with Malia. Are you guys switching uh, any to any double game week keeper in twenty six? Does that interest you guys?
3: No. I, I, I don't. Just, I don't see any guaranteed clean sheets in there.
0: But in general, I I don't think that there's enough of a difference in your upper threshold between your double game week keepers and your single game week keepers. Just like I said, uh, one little goal comes in, it just slashes. It's just a lot of money for very little return. When you look at the last couple of years, the difference between the top scoring keepers, not a lot of points between there. So I'd much rather focus some of that extra money if some attacking players have a much better chance of making up those points.
2: Yeah, because I I remember, I think it was when San Jose... Had their first double game week on was a game week twenty or yeah, I'm sorry game week ten didn't Bingham have a double like a double clean sheet and it got him almost didn't it net him like twenty something or was I mistaken or did he get one clean sheet and like a PK save or something like that? Because that's what you're banking on pretty much if you do that right. Clean sheets, P-times. yeah. I mean,
0: a couple a couple of clean sheets and a PK saves gonna give you what thirteen points something like that. I mean, and PK saves aren't gonna happen all the time. Clean sheets earlier on in the year are, are definitely more more likely. I, I I think having a defensive heavy, keeper heavy, home rotation at the beginning of the year is a is a great strategy. But as we're seeing now, thirty something goals a couple of weeks ago, offenses are firing on all cylinders right now, and it's that's that's where the money's got to be.
2: Hence the budget defenders.
0: Hence the budget defenders exactly. So moving on to midfield, Mr. Frumble, pdx asks are we going to apologize for pushing Piatti after he laid an egg uh, no two eggs wait Piatti should apologize I I agree Piatti should apologize how how dare he go and have these fantastic games for six weeks in a row and and then and then this I feel betrayed
3: yeah I'm not gonna uh, apologize I will fully admit that we pushed Piatti and he sucked like I mean yeah we recommend it and there was mathematically, statistically, any way you want to look at that matchup um, and his form, he should have had more than six points in two games. Uh, you know, sometimes you get it wrong, but if I start apologizing for that, I got a whole bunch of stuff to apologize for.
2: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mean, obviously I wasn't on last week, but, uh, you know, I, I traded Giralis for Piotti. I thought Piotti was going to do well because six weeks before, he – man he was killing it but you know it's it's just that it's just that calculated gamble and risk that you have to take I'm not, I'm not sorry for it
1: yeah no i'd recommend him again especially i'd recommend him if i knew he was gonna have such a terrible week that way you guys would all pick him up and i wouldn't <laughs> but uh yeah no i had him on my team too so sucks
0: to suck and now- of course, form doesn't hold out forever. That's that's why everything fluctuates. The guys can't be keep putting up those big numbers. Uh, it it really surprised me that he got nothing because I, I was thinking even if he went through one game, not some stellar numbers, that he'd make it up maybe next game with a goal or an assist or something like that. I, I thought that one of those games he would he would do well. Uh, I was really surprised about that double goose egg. Uh, even more surprising, of course, was the the Geo hat trick that that just seemed to come out of nowhere, especially with how in the past he's tended to excel more when he's more on his own. And with all the guys back, um, it just wasn't as hot, but they, they seem to have got that worked out. I mean, th- this is the season that was designed to get Montreal to the playoffs. I, I think we can all sort of agree with that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of crazy things, but you know what it is because MLS,
3: because MLS.
2: And I'm going to disagree with you, Reed, because uh, Gio or Gio- Not GDS, but Geo has maintained his (laughs) form, except for the. Well, he did have a one-point game, Um, but you know he's he's been killing it. I mean, look at his scores; he's been doing fantastic. I mean, he
0: has been, but a a lot of that at the beginning is when. Josie was out or Bradley was out on the national teams or somebody was injured. And so it was like, he was the only one. And then whenever they came back, he might have a low game. And at least to me, it seemed like they were still really trying to figure out how to work it out with those big stars. And so sure. I wasn't quite settled on, well, how's
2: it going to be with all of them back he's, in- the, he's the best player though, in MLS. I mean, he coming no in, in his prime, I mean, he is just. I mean, he's loving it right now. I mean, he's padding his stats. I feel like I'm, I'm playing in FIFA right now, playing on like, pro difficulty, just dominating every team I I play against. He's just clinical, amazing. If he doesn't win MLS uh, MVP, there's, I, I don't know. I give up. I'm done. <laughs> True. I mean, obviously,
0: from here on out, it's going to be convince me why I should not captain him. Right. And it yeah. better be because it's a bye week. <laughs> uh so let's just go ahead and say who besides Gio are our midfield picks for this round
3: um i'm sticking with failhaber obviously and you know jibanko so that's fine aside from that i really don't know um i mean i have legit still so i i think that we're gonna run into that thing in la where they're gonna start having this rotation on who scores goals but uh, I don't know. I, I'm not really hard on that, that fifth midfielder yet. So right now I have Saren and he's going to have to go because that <laughs> wasn't a good pick for me.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I mean, you know, I like, I like Jarrellis. I like, you know, Phil Haber, but the thing is, is you got to remember they're playing CCL on Wednesday and if they both go 90, I mean, I have Phil Haber in my, uh, in my team right now and I mean he's young I think he can you know he can play 90 and then go and play 90 a couple days later but um I, I think that that right now people should be looking at uh GDS Giovanni Dos Santos he coming in first game I know he got 11 points I think Gerard got 11 too and then fell off but Giovanni Dos Santos had a great goal had a great assist I believe he's on all set pieces now as well except for PKs so I mean he could be a very interesting option at ten point two, especially if you gotta you know, if you're trying to take Piotti out, that's a direct switch.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree and say Giovanni Dos Santos, um I don't know, with LA you know. It scares me because like we've talked about to like infinity almost, they're not a very good road team and they're playing against FC Dallas, who I think we don't really talk about the enough. Best but team. I think Dallas is pretty much the best team in MLS right now. Um, And that kind of scares me, so I'm kind of on the fence as to whether to pick up Dos Santos. But otherwise, my pick is Failhaber. So if you want to, like, off-the-wall one, it's Dos Santos. Otherwise, Failhaber, I'm a little bit scared, though, because he's on four yellow cards, and they're going into that double game week. Yeah. No one's
2: talking about Vancouver. all. I'm very surprised.
0: Well, well you already I... mentioned how how much they stomped a B team from RSL. Well,
2: yeah. yeah. I mean, i ain't gonna. I mean, they they beat us fair and square. I'm, I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah, we did throw out a B team. We're I mean, and I was I alluded to this in, in the chat room and on and on Twitter that RSL. I almost think that they're just jumping ship on the MLS season and they're going all in on U.S. Open Cup and TCL. But I mean. I mean Vancouver, I mean Kau has scored what three goals in the past two games or something like that. Um, you know, Paralis is doing well, Rivera is doing okay. I mean, they look dangerous.
0: I actually have a uh, a value pick from Vancouver at midfield since you are uh mentioning it right there. Well, I guess sort of depends on how you how you define value, but um Tachera is he's been coming in playing a little bit. he got two goals last round, so he could be a nice little sneaky way if you wanted to uh, get some Vancouver cover without going all-in with, with some of the the big boys, um, especially with Pedro getting a little bit of rest coming in and out there off off of an injury. But, I mean, yeah, Van- Vancouver's a serious team. They've got Rosales, who is a great player as well, just a little bit older, so he's not getting all those times, and he hasn't been playing the last couple of games, but he, he could come back depending on injury They've got a lot there. They're they're only lost once in the past six games. So, yeah, definitely worth talking about. I just think that people from Dallas and supporting Kansas City and even Portland, who all three of those teams have the best home record with uh, five wins and one draw in the last six games, are, are ones to consider before you would hit Vancouver.
2: Yeah, Dallas looks dangerous. Always dangerous. Anybody else want
0: to chime in on Vancouver?
1: Um, they're too nice. Cascades, Canada. They have no teeth, and they scare me. <laughs> I don't know. No, Vancouver is fine. I don't know. They're all good players. Uh, I just don't think that they they have the record of producing quite as much as you know the other available players. Their lineup rotation scares me a little bit. Um, I don't know. I like their defenders, just like. Money wise, for the production you get, I haven't been super impressed. So,
2: Well, they got. I agree with that. But see, they have so much depth at every single. in on defense and midfield and forwards that they can afford to do that rotation and keep all their players fresh. So come postseason, I mean, I could really see Vancouver making a push for Supporter Shield and MLS oh. this year. I, I hate to say it, but it's true. No, truth, they're man.
1: really, really, really good. I just don't think it translates to
3: fantasy so much. Yeah, it's kinda of like yeah, the same thing. That happens often D, D season first plays, but you can't find anybody who's a you know, consistent fantasy value on that squad sometimes. <sighs> the other
0: two oh, people I'll throw out there that we haven't mentioned I think would be good for round twenty-four is uh, Maidana, because we have Philly versus Chicago at home, and Chicago is not the best team, so I think there's there's some opportunity there. Then they play Montreal on the road in twenty five and then New England at home in 26 so not an awful li- lineup over the next three games they don't have a buy until 32 so those those are guys you can ride for a while uh and then maybe mpg with with san jose playing colorado gives you a prep for possibly a double game week player as well if you wanted to roll with it so
1: yo here's a question is he injured i'm like very confused on that yeah he didn't play last week yeah it's frustrating yeah. with san jose he's like their good player and you don't know if he's gonna play. Yeah, yeah I, I don't
3: know. It's just he's just listening. Teams list do bad injury, decisions. So it's, yeah. Yeah.
0: it's it's one of those injuries that they're not really publishing on MLS, so it's sort of uh, keep an eye on it as you're moving up to it. But uh, yeah, that is is a good consideration. So, uh,
2: and also you look at it this way. I mean, Quincy can play that that you know false nine role right behind. Um, Wando where MPG plays and still be a great distributor so you know, maybe they're resting him I don't know but I uh, kind of along with that I really don't like how MLS has changed the the injury reports this year I you know I mean it's a little selfish because of fantasy but at the same time it's like I enjoy listening to the English Premier League conferences of who's injured what the lineups are going to be the day before you know I feel like it's so rushed in MLS so it's an hour before we got to figure out who we want to put in. We don't know who's injured, who's not, who traveled, who didn't. It's like, uh, it's like, let us know, man. I, I got to win my fantasy league.
3: You know, and I, <laughs> it, it, it's because I, I said this all the time, that the NFL wasn't the NFL until somebody invented fantasy football. You know, because you would watch, but once fantasy football happened, it was like you were watching every game possible because you had your fantasy players on there. And there's entire shows on networks just dedicated to injury reports now. And I think once, if the MLS wants to follow a model that's successful, even though it looks bad for the team to have an injured player, you have to inform your public who use this for gaming and gambling. That that's that's the center of the whole thing right there. If you want people to pay attention to your league, let them be informed. This this whole secrecy BS doesn't do anybody any favors.
2: Hear that, Andrew Weeby? Hire us. We'll help.
3: Yes, please do. <laughs> i'll do it for free i'll bust some heads man let me
0: whoa 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 let's let's move on before things get too out of hand right here and and start talking about our forwards
3: i'm just saying it's frustrating sitting (laughs) on a couch on a weekend and you just oh that guy's not in oh yeah because i hadn't heard anything about that all week like Like literally blindsided (laughs) yeah
0: Uh, so this next question comes from Dizzo disman and asks so lampard set like a fat tick up top eating all of the service that would normally go straight to VIA. I, I love that image in my head. I love LAMP. And uh, converting that service into tepid shots on goal. Uh, is this VIA train derailed until New York City FC get their new DPs in shape and integrated into the team? Jason.
2: Wow. Um, I love your syntax and diction in this, Dizzo Um But I personally um, – I was actually – I watched that game in full – um you know and i believe i, I want to say that uh there i think uh, go look on uh twitter jatta ben jatta um posted a really funny uh video or a gif or gif or however you say it of uh pirlo with all of his passes i think it was 7 in a row that were just horrible passes and same with lampard like They both just look absolutely horrible, and I don't know if it's because they're out of shape or because they are a little bit older, but um, I I thought the same thing with Villa. He's so good at times, and then sometimes it's just like, where did you go? I mean, you have all this talent around you. I mean, A, you need to free Poku. B, you need to free McNamara. Those two guys are amazing, and they're just sitting on the bench. That's the future of your club, not Lampard, not uh, Pirlo. And I know Christ didn't want either of them on their team, but – I don't know. Uh, I think that Via could be, after his double game week, I think he's gone.
1: Yeah. In my team at least. I don't really want Via on my team. I'm kind of like waiting. But, oh man. It's just so bad. That team is so incredibly slow. And like Jay just said, the fact that Christ like pretty much said he didn't want Pirlo. Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe, like, I wish Christ would honestly just bench both of them and, like, <laughs> like make a power move. Bench both of them and make them realize that you're going to have to run and play defense if you want to be on the field. But, it, yeah, it creates all sorts of problems for that team, not just for Via, but, yeah, it's rough. It's really, really rough. I don't trust anything about NYCFC right now.
3: Yeah, you know, I got to say, I, I, I really feel for Christ in the situation because NYC is selling a product. They're trying to sell jerseys. They're not trying to win games. I mean, it, 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 that team is so disjointed with, with, with those three in there, and it frustrates the young kids. They're not developing. And it, same thing in Toronto. And you look at Toronto. You know, they're bringing in another striker because obviously when you have somebody like Altador up there, Givinko is not effective. So when you have a guy like Villa or Givinko who are proven commodities and then you keep adding in these elements that make them useless, what are you supposed to do with that? I, I don't I don't know. I'm looking at Villa on my team now and it's like, man, look at the scores he had and they were competitive in those games. Yeah, if they could have had anybody but Saunders in the back, maybe they would have won a couple of those games that of taken a draw. but I just – it's it's hard to keep Via if that's what they're going to be putting out on the field game in and game out because they don't – when you put Pirlo and Lampard out there and they just could – they could care less about winning that game. There was no emotion. They were like, oh, whatever. There's 10 more games and I can go back on vacation. Uh, I don't know. It's – I want a guy who wants to win and I think Via wants to win, but – that's that's a tough call, and I, it's one I have to answer for myself, and I don't know how I'm gonna handle it yet.
2: They uh they actually had a really cool stat on Twitter um, that the base salary of yesterday's starters. This is from uh, at Total MLS. Uh, New York Red Bulls have a combined salary this year of two million one hundred thirty-five thousand eight hundred eighty-eight dollars, where NYCFC has a combined salary of 15108008 dollars, and that's no info on Angelino. Uh, that was from MLS analyst, and there was something else that I'm trying to I'm trying to find it, but it's they were talking. uh, uh here it goes. So Red Bulls backline makes 134k, 74.5k, 64.9k, and 60k, almost one twentieth collectively of what NYCFC is paying Lampard. That's insane. For what production? Lampard's been out how long? Pirlo looks like absolute dog crap. This is. That's just it's pathetic. Well,
0: and here's the couple of great defenders on New York, right there.
3: Yeah, Lampard's good. Like when you watch what he did at Man City last year, he proved that he was still capable of performing at the EPL level. I don't think that he wants to be playing in the MLS. I, I think I think for Gerrard, it was like it's a family thing. His, you know, his kids are a certain age. There's a community in LA that he's already kind of ingratiated himself into. I don't think that Lampard ever wanted to come up. I think he maybe he thought he was gonna play for Man City again this year. The way he looks pouty out there, I think that's what he was like, God, I gotta be here with these kids that can't even pay rent where, you know. I, did you see that did you see him miss that, that, that
2: ball too? That that perfect I mean, he had a perfect ball to him and he just shot it wide left. It's just like I mean he doesn't he, he's never missed those type of balls. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I just don't think he cares and he doesn't wanna be here. Well maybe. But something that we all do care about, who
0: are your forward picks for this round? Should that, bring us yeah. back on topic?
2: That was good. Thanks. Thanks, Reed. Thanks for taking stealing our thunder. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I think that um, I think that Dom Dwyer is actually a really good forward. Oh um, especially against Vancouver in SKC. I think that's a very sneaky uh, pickup. Um, I also not trying to be a homer, but I really do like Plata this week depending on how he plays, if he does go uh, 90. But against Portland, uh, RSL and Portland always play very tough. And um, I think uh, also uh, Keen. Keen is just – Keen, you should have him in your lineup, and he's going to continue to do well for you.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to pick Robbie Keen just because – I think LA is stacked and they're about to go on a run, no matter if they're home or away. I realize that Dallas is a really, really tough matchup, but I think he's going to have some tricks uh, up his sleeve once he's got a whole week to practice with Gio Dos Santos um, another week. And I think they'll turn that into, into a couple of goals, maybe. I like it.
3: Yeah. I see right now I got BWP, and Laren, and, well, I'd, if I want to get keen in, um, you know, I'm gonna have to get rid of Via. So I don't, Do I don't it.
2: Ooh, that's a power move, me. guy. That that that's gonna either come back and bite you in the ass or send you send you up even higher, man. That's a power well, move. Well, I,
3: I know. See, that's that's the thing. Uh, um, for, for my own little community out here, I'm on top of the mountain, and uh, I like <laughs> stay in there. And I've
2: seen the top of the mountain, and it's good. DC is
3: also fairly leaky at
2: home, though.
3: I know. I I, man, that was just such a horrible NYCFC game. And I hate having to say NYCFC because it's—I don't know—it's too many syllables. Uh, (laughs) We just go
0: with CFC, City FC. Yeah,
3: man, something. I don't Uh, know. I'm gonna have to get keen. Yeah, you guys are right. I have to get keen. There we go.
0: I like that Dom Dwyer pick. Uh, he's just coming off of the yellow card accumulation, so he's he's got, got some more that he can earn right there. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would rather go with Dwyer or Namath in, in this situation, but I I like that idea. Uh, I like that idea with of Kansas City. Of course, I've already mentioned uh, one of my sneaky picks for this round is uh, Quincy Ameriqua. I like so, that too. I, uh, I think I think that could be one that I think he's just seven million so or he's in that range so pretty pretty easy on the budget if you're if you're gonna do that. I, I like dropping via I I guess I could see him maybe doing something away at DC or uh, at with DC they're they're at home though so uh, I don't know I don't know I, I would definitely support the Keen swap right there and I could see myself rolling with with Laren a little bit more against Seattle, which has been struggling. For this round, I he just opens up so much cash that you can
2: use with other places. Oh, yeah. So Definitely. But, but I mean, I, I like your Quincy pick, man, because that's – Well, Quincy, yeah. Quincy's what? He's a 6.9, I think. Is that right? He, he might
0: be 7 by now, but he's got, what, four seven, goals? Yeah. Four, three or four goals in the last four or five games, was it?
2: Yeah, so he's got – yeah, he's 7, and he's got last week a goal, 22. He got two he got a goal in 21 and two goals in 20. So 12, 6, 2, and 8 in the past four game weeks. That's $7 million. Double game week coming up. I like it. Yeah.
0: Choices right there. So those are just some of the players that we've picked. But I want to take a quick second right now to give a shout-out to – uh, a Reddit member, Can Footy, who just posted on the board, uh, he gave a shout out to MLSFI saying, Thank you guys for putting together all this information. It totally changed how I looked at strategy for fantasy. I am now consistently doubling the average round score and shooting up the nice. rankings.
2: Good Congrats, job, man. man.
0: Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I speak for all of us that were, we're stoked that you found the show helpful. Yeah. Um, I, I know
2: calling in life. I'm finally helping somebody. I love it.
0: <laughs> there we <laughs> go. I, I, we, we hope that all of you people are, are, who listen to the show are finding it helpful. And if you guys have any feedback, please post to it on, on Reddit or send us some emails or contacts on Twitter. We'd love to help just continuing to make the show just everything that you guys want it to be. That's, that's what we want to do. So I have a, maybe a quick little extra discussion right here. There's been a couple of more signings at the very deadline of this transfer window. Uh, no, not, not Chicharito. He, was, he turned down the $10 million. But uh, we did get Giovanni Dos Santos, as we've mentioned, or GDS, depending on how you like your, your little GDS. quick sayings. It's,
2: it's GDS. GDS.
0: And we got Hurt Gomez coming back yeah. to Toronto of all places so again like i said this is the season designed for toronto to make it to the cup um what do you guys think are these some players that people should be looking at immediately is toronto too stacked there's there's a lot of new blood that's come into the mls right here at the closing of the transfer window some defenders which is nice to see coming in how are you guys taking this in your calculations going forward
3: i'm i'm liking the Hercules Gomez thing, I mean, yeah. if you look at how bad Toronto's defense is, yeah, they got one signing there at the end. I um, think dude come back to MLS, but Altidore up front with Giovinco is the worst pairing. Like it's we should do the we should run the numbers on that for next week. Like how much Giovinco scores when Altidore just is not even in Canada, and then <laughs> how much Giovinco like is hampered when when Altidore is on the field. Uh, because it's not working, and I think, in t- total outdoor fashion, he's just run out as welcome. Because you look at how good Javinko is, and that guy is slashing numbers like a car salesman slashing prices. So, I mean, I like the Hercules Gomez thing.
2: Yeah, I, I uh, Hercules, I think is a, I think he's going to be a, a decent, you know, player. It's kind of like Dragwa though. Uh, I know he just came. I know that uh, Hercules just came from Tijuana, scored three goals there in 25 appearances coming off of back-to-back seasons of 10 plus goals, 11 at Santos and 13 at Santos. But his career totals 81 goals. And for a striker that's been playing since 2003, that's really, I mean, it's not that many goals. um, But at the same time, I mean, it's it's kind of the greed factor. I mean, how – how, there's only one ball on the field and Giovinco is amazing. He's been, he has the most shots on goal, most shots on target, the most goals. I mean, Altidore, like you say, is a donkey. Bradley is decent, but I mean, how much are you going to spread it around? It's, I, I'm, I'm going to pass on him. I'm going to pass on Drogba. I'm going to pass on Gerard. I think Dos Santos is, is the oh, pickup. Oh
1: man, you guys, I totally disagree with so much of this. Um, <laughs> You would love for Altidore to be on the great Oh, I mean, I don't really want to get into the like Altidore debate too much, but honestly, I mean, I think he's the best U, like striker in the US pool by an absolutely absurd margin. I don't think that cool, what you're good. saying, Yo-
2: Johansson, Johansson uh, sucks, man. I mean, there's no other striker. Yeah. We need to file this podcast but, under comedy Bobby, Bobby Wood. <laughs> Bobby Wood, I mean, he's 19 like I mean, I mean he's the only striker uh, Josie's the Look, only striker that we
1: Here's the deal. We have. Josie has not played a whole ton this season, but when he has, his production has been fine. There's nothing to support that when he plays, Toronto is worse. Like Their record is roughly the same. Um, that's That's my biggest thing. And like Well Toronto can't keep a clean sheet though. It doesn't yeah, I mean it doesn't matter. I think they're significantly better with Altidore out there than they are with Findlay or Luke Moore. It's True. like I, I don't really get the Altidore hate. He's not a great fantasy option just because he's too much money for his production. Gomez at seven million, I think you might look and say, Okay, this could be good. But here's where I, here's the thing, Dragba. Montreal is a good team. I don't know if people necessarily give them the credit for that, but all they've been lacking is an actual striker. They've got the pieces around. They've got Piotti and Romero they had at the start of the and year. Donadel.
2: Porter? Oh, yeah. feel bad for that, Yeah, team.
1: But, like, Drogba is a massive step up over everyone they've had. And I'm not saying you should necessarily get Drogba, but I do think it makes the team a ton better and will significantly increase the value of players like Piatti and Piotti. even Toya, who's getting who gets crosses in there, and Donadel and Romero. Um, I think it makes a difference. You know, he's he's gonna be a big deal for them. He's not necessarily like I know we've kind of got the hangover from like Pirlo and Lampard because they're old and they've come here and they've been terrible. But like Drogba's game is not the same thing. He, the age does not affect it so much.
2: Well, he hasn't played, so we can't even see. But real quick, like just so you know, I, I, I'll agree with you on Josie. I shouldn't have said that because I was looking at his stats. He's played 12 games this season and has seven goals. That's pretty good.
1: Exactly.
2: No, that ain't
3: bad. I'm not saying Josie. I'm saying what the effect he has on Jovinko. When Jovinko is playing with Josie, there's a marked difference in how much worse Jovinko's numbers are, just in general.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, again, when – when
3: Josie's playing, Jovinko doesn't have to play as forward, you know? But look at LA though. When when you add pieces around Keen, his numbers go up. He has better production. You still feel good about having Keen, even with having Gerard and Dos Santos and legit You feel good about having him. When Aldador's on the field, it's kind of more centric on him, and then Javinko's kinda like I don't get a shot. I don't know. Like even though he's the best player in the history of the MLS. Again, where can we
1: where yep. can we find the, the data to support that? I would love to see you go through and do all the math and come up with Okay, what's the point differential for Jovinko? It's it's science, bro. It's science. Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, I want to know. It Stand would be good back fantasy. I
3: perform I, I,
2: science. It would be good I don't fantasy know, I like information. The
3: Five seconds, but I'll do it. I
2: like it.
0: All right, well, wh- while you're doing that, I'm going to get to some of the little community time here and talk about some fun stuff because the highest scoring team this round was 151 points. Woo. And that team was away goals by Taylor Hester, the manager, a member of our slash fantasy MLS League. Congrats, man, coming in with My the year. overall highest score. Way to represent. Way to represent. Good job, bro that's right good numbers good numbers um you know i'll let you guys talk about your head to heads because uh, i really have nothing i care to report about my successes in uh head to heads this round
1: Uh, i won't report anything about your successes either reed (laughs) thank you since no
0: problem since there are no problem
2: Well, I I I, my head to heads um, I didn't do anything because I still wasn't invited into this league, and I'll say that every single time. But I am now. Yes, exactly. I am now in the top five in Real Salt Lake's um, league, and I'm chasing this guy. That's just I don't know. He's on fire. I don't know what actual rank he is, but uh, his name is Keystone Brian T. He's got one thousand six hundred fifty nine points, and I got fifteen eighty three. So. Gonna take a little bit to catch up to this guy. So whoever you are, I'm coming for you. I'm 11th in the Sporting Kansas City league. Whoa,
0: nice. that's sick. I picked a harder one this year to see how I could man, do it.
1: Man, in. in our hosts' league,
0: I did Chivas last time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> chump, You're such a chump. Oh, wow, I I can't uh, believe how close our hosts' head-to-head league is. We've got three of you up there at 14 and nine, and then. Me and Richie are down at 13-10, and, and and Paul is pretty close here. He's 12-1-10. So our league is super close with the hosts head-to-head, even though I guess it looks like Travis has a pretty big lead in total points. So don't know what the deal is there. Travis
0: is tearing it up, yeah. yeah. Travis is tearing it up. He is away at some sort of vacation right now, so let's, let's not feel bad for Travis. He's, uh, he's 83rd overall. Uh, i think i'm in the 160s is where i'm sitting um a couple of the other guys i mentioned who you are jason who we're we're the top three right now is he's 447 he was number one for a while he had a rough little little run right there so uh, we're all doing pretty i think if you're in the top 500 you're pretty respectable with with how it goes especially near the end of the
3: season Sure.
2: definitely
0: how's it coming with those numbers there guy
3: um, I fell to 32nd in the game, so not fun. But, yeah, my head-to-head league at work, uh, yeah, I smashed my buddy Chris, so uh, it just feels good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <it just laughs> so speaking good of some of
0: these, of these head-to-head games, uh, a few of the guys on the show here, uh, Jay and Guy, are participating in a fantasy premier league game that's a little bit different format i thought i'd give you guys a little bit to talk about what you're doing there and sort of how you think it might relate to mls
2: yeah um first and foremost thank you to DugoutFC.com for hosting us um go check them out if you guys want to get into a league uh, go to dugout fc on twitter check them out um or just go to DugoutFC.com. Um, 10-player draft, uh, snake draft, pretty much just like your typical NFL draft, but you draft, uh, you know, FPL players. So uh, I'm enjoying it right now. I know, Guy, uh, guy, did you win this week?
3: I didn't win this week, but that's because I was number 10 out of 10 players to draft, so I got a little bit screwed on the, the snake draft. But it's I, – I, I truly believe um, – We've all been asking for draft leagues for fantasy soccer for so long. Um, this is the this is the future of fantasy soccer. It really is. I agree. You said that on your video cast. I don't. I don't know. it's you really? think I'm the only person it. in
0: the world who's kind of like on the fence about about draft? I never cared for it in NFL.
2: It's it's what? so much more competitive. It's like because you have to plan out. You have to plan out like. Like I think guy has like every single set piece taker for every single team whereas I like, <laughs> like like for me like like I punted on Company because Company didn't play last year because of injury but I knew that when he's healthy he's going to be legit he scored a goal and got a clean sheet today the dude got me 14 points it's like you have to be str- strategic about your drafts and who you're going to pick and who you're going to drop and pick up it just it adds a different element and a different ambiance to the game that I really enjoy
3: I think the the main thing is like daily fantasy has its um, you know, It has this fan base because it's so quick and immediate satisfaction. But every time I try to introduce somebody new to fantasy soccer, the first thing they say is, oh, like everybody can have that player. And it throws them off because it's so unlike anything that we've, you know, fantasy hockey, baseball, uh, football. Everything we've ever done for fantasy sports in this country has been a draft league where Hey, I got that number one pick. Let's make a trade. That's the and that's really the element that's missing from fantasy soccer is that that league com- camaraderie where, hey, my guy is hurt. I really need this player. Let me make a trade. And that back and forth. I think this will be the gateway for the casual soccer fan who wants to play in a league but doesn't really like everybody owning the same player. This will be the way they get into it.
0: Yep. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, it's. I think it's definitely something that's on the horizon. It. I wish I was able to uh, participate it with you guys this year to try it out, but it just didn't quite work out for me, so look forward to hearing back.
3: We could always do another one. It's not yeah. like it's... Yeah. <laughs> we could,
0: yeah, we could try. do another
2: one. Uh, I'd love to have
0: uh, it. But we might we might try that because for those of you who have listened for a few weeks, uh, I think you know that we've been debating the idea of having a fantasy Premier League uh, podcast, sort of sister podcast to the MLS Fantasy Insider, and we're going to try to make that happen. We may record the first episode this week, trying to work out the final details. Uh, but so keep your eye out for the the uh, Fantasy Premier League Outsider. I believe it's what we've settled on on the name to be called, and it's it's going to be a little bit different than this show. Uh, none of us fancy ourselves uh, masters of a fantasy P.L., so we're going to take a little bit more lighthearted approach to it. Um, but we still hope you guys will have fun. Give us some feedback if we're able to actually put this together. Let us know, and we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot. I think, but uh, you could hear more about the exploits of of Dugout FC, which they do seem like a pretty good pretty good group. Of guys, from a little bit of interaction I've had with him on Twitter. So uh, I hope that works out. That works out. So that's all that I have for this week. Do you guys have any uh, anything else you'd like to wrap up with before we close out?
3: Nope. I think uh, we covered the bases. We got a lot done today. Yeah.
0: yeah. So there, yes. So. Everyone, please be sure to stop by r slash fantasy MLS this week. I just made a new announcement on there. We're going to be having a r slash fantasy MLS sort of blogger of the year award where that community, we're going to vote on the fantasy MLS blogs or podcasts or videos or or any any sort of online provider of fantasy advice or knowledge that you guys have found to be just the most helpful or just you really love – their their contributions to the community this year and we're going to give them a little picture they can stick on their website as just sort of a, this is the one that we like for this year that we recommend uh, hope hope to give some more exposure to new bloggers as well on the site and just a little bit of bragging rights i think there overall over the next few weeks for the rest of the season we're going to be posting the nomination thread we're going to be posting the voting thread then after all the votes are collected a few of us are going to review them not to make any changes because a lot of us even here are involved with with websites ourselves but just to make sure that that the sites are active and that's really the only rule is the the sites have to be active and regularly providing content to the fantasy community so Ah, uh, we really hope that everyone's going to like it this year. If it catches on, we maybe, and if the community grows, we might add some additional awards like newcomer of the year or or podcast of the year, just just things like that. But at least we're going to have sort of the R slash Fantasy MLS blogger of the year award. So stay tuned for that, and uh, that's all that I have. Check out all all the advice that's coming up this round, and good luck.